Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and I don't know how I'm going to sing this one, but, <laughs> but today we're covering r slash malicious compliance. <laughs> If you love a Reddit story, why not click that subscribe button, maybe that notification bell too, and let's just jump straight into it. Thank you so much, guys. Much love to you. Let's do this. And our first story comes from Federal Ant 9, titled Ex's Divorce Lawyer Send Three Years of Complete Financials or Else. Me, as you wish. This happened several years ago when my ex and I were going through a heated divorce slash custody battle. While we were married, we had a couple of conversations about how rich people hide their assets to avoid paying taxes. I've never had enough assets to do this, but she somehow got the idea that I was and told her attorney that I was laundering money and hiding income. It was more likely the heat of the moment as divorce custody battles often come down to. I couldn't even afford my own attorney, so I represented myself. Her lawyer wasn't a total ass, but he was clearly out to get me, and he talked down to me like I didn't deserve to breathe the same air. One day, I get a letter in the mail from him requesting an updated income declarations form and three years of financials. It had a long-ass list of things to include. I own a communications tech company that was in super startup phase back then. Money was already tight. I was trying to get this business off the ground with no financing. I was finishing my MBA with scholarships and loans, so paying for copies and postage or driving this 30 miles to his office meant eating peanut butter and saltines for a week. Is that salted crackers? So I called him to explain my situation. He all but called me a liar and didn't believe I couldn't afford it. I was put off by that and said, this was taking time away from business I needed to handle, to which he replied, and I'll never forget this. Well, according to your income declarations, you're not that busy. What'd you do all day? He then said if he didn't get these documents, he would consider my previous filings as fraudulent, tell the judge, contact the DA, and also alert the state tax agency and IRS. Probably an empty threat, but I'm no lawyer. Efax is one of the services my company provides, and at the same time, it was relatively unknown. So I asked him if he has a fax machine. He says he has a fax scanner copier device, then said what law office doesn't have a fax machine, and I suddenly got an idea. Okay, I said to him, I'll put together and fax whatever I can. Okay, motherfucker. (laughs) You want three years of financials? You got it. I scanned to PDF every receipt I could find. McDonald receipts from five years ago. Fuck it, won't hurt to include it. CVS receipt is three miles long. Perfect. They get the $1 off toothpaste coupons too. I downloaded every bank statement, credit card statement, purchase orders from vendors, and every invoice I sent to clients. I printed the PDF the entire three-year accounting journal. Monthly, quarterly, annual balance sheets, cash flow statements, P&Ls. Not only did I PDF three years of tax filings, but every single letter I received from the IRS and state tax agency, including the inserts advising me of my rights. It took a while, but I was a few days ahead of the deadline. 
I made a cover page black background with white lettering. Wherever I could, I included separator pages in all caps and the biggest, boldest font that would fit on the page in landscape. 20 year receipts, 20 year taxes, etc. I merged everything into a single 150 plus page compressed PDF and sent the document using my eFax system. Every hour or so, I received a status email saying the fax failed. Huh, that's weird. Well, they're getting this document, so I changed the system configuration to unlimited retries after failures to keep redialing until it went through. Weird, I was still getting status email failures. I'll delete the failure emails and keep the success one after it eventually goes through, I thought. Problem solved. Two days later, a lady from his office called and asked me to stop sending the fax. Their fax scanner printer copier had been printing non-stop. It kept getting paper jams, kept running out of ink, and they had to keep shutting it off and back onto print. I explained that her boss told me to send this by the deadline, or else he would call the DA and IRS. Since I didn't want to call from the DA or IRS, I would keep sending it until I get a success confirmation. I suggested they just not print until my fax completes, but she didn't like that. She asked me to email the documents and I told a little white lie that my email wouldn't allow an attachment that big unless a boss in writing agreed to cancel the request or agrees to reimburse me for my cost to print and ship. I said I would continue to fax until they confirm they've received every page. She put me on hold and the attorney gets on the line. He said, forget sending the financials. I said I would need this in writing. So I will keep sending the fax until he sent that to me. He asked me to stop faxing it and he would send it in writing. And I said, in writing first and then I'll stop. Long moment of silence. Click. About 20 minutes later, I received an email from his assistant with an attached signed letter in PDF that I no longer needed to provide financials. The letter then threatened to pursue sanctions in court or sue me for interfering with their business. Every time I saw him after that, the lawyer never brought up sanctions, lawsuits, criminal referrals, or financials again. <laughs> And it's one of those ones where I would just love to be in the office watching this thing constantly printing and the jams and the changing of the ink. They must be getting so pissed off. I remember when I worked for a company, the market research one, and I would have to print off like loads of documents, questionnaires and stuff like that. And occasionally people would send like their stuff to, to my printers while they're in the middle of a print. And if I was doing like multiple documents and it got in the middle of my print, it was so frustrating. Just that one little thing. So <laughs> someone sending this document to me constantly would be hella frustrating. We'll cover a couple of comments, then we'll move on. So Sixborn says, I call it paper bombing. I do this generally via scan and email when the entire record is requested. I would ask if the receiver needs the entire record or just most recent court orders, case plan, assessments, etc. Most of the time they just say they want most recent set of documents plus the entire narrative. Easy peasy for them and me. But if they ask for the entire record, that is exactly what they get. It may take me days in between my regular work, but if you want four banker boxes full, you get four banker boxes full. I never copy and snail mail. They waste my time for unnecessary paperwork. They can waste their own paper and, and printer and toner ink. In all the years I've done this, or 10 out of the last 19, I've only had to do the full paper bombing three or four times. Coda Joe says, the facts, the whole facts, and nothing but the facts. <laughs> to which I gotta read this one as well. Monkey Choker replies to that one saying, you want the facts? You can't handle the facts. <laughs> And Shining Gold says, now they opted out of faxes, maybe a singing telegram. <laughs> and one more, because I'm mainly congratulating OP. Costa Look to Look Cheap, who says, this made me laugh out loud. I especially love the black ink, white text, and extreme separator pages. Well done. 
Yeah, I didn't think of that at first, actually. That only just hit me about the whole having a full page of black ink. That must be a <laughs> extremely frustrating to watch print. But what do you guys make of this one? Let me know in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That was a good one. And our next story comes from Veterinarian Hole 250. We can't share a driveway anymore. Fine, enjoy your tiny driveway. When my SO and I moved into our home some 20 years ago, our neighbors on one side were an elderly husband and wife who we got along with very well. Our two houses shared a driveway that ran from the street to the alley behind the houses and we each had our own parking area in the back. The driveway was set up so that about two feet of it was on our property with the rest on the neighbor's property. The driveway was right up against the neighbor's house and about eight feet from ours. We all made it a point to not park in the driveway so that we didn't block each other's way and had no problem for 15 years. Sadly, the sweet neighbors died about five years ago and the house was bought by Mike, a man who regularly bought old houses to rent or resell and who clearly didn't care about anything except profit. The first time that we ever met Mike was right after a car had hit our house. The driver had a stroke and lost control of his car while driving down our street. The front of his car was actually inside of our house. So here we are, freaking out because a car is literally sticking out of our house, surrounded by a crowd of onlookers, police, and emergency workers when Mike saunters over and introduces himself by saying that the whole driveway plus part of our garage are on his property. We tell him that he's wrong, but that this is not the time to discuss it and we'll get back to him later. We do some investigating and discover that the property line is exactly where we knew it to be. And the map Mike was using had the property line overlay off by about two feet. Nevertheless, Mike continues to harass us and tells us that we can't use the driveway any longer because he's going to rent the place out and it will be a liability to have us driving on this property. Fine, we'd often talk about putting it in our own driveway. So now was a good time as any. Mike was quite pleased when we told him that. At least he was until we learned that the new driveway was going in right next to his driveway along our property line. He tried to talk us into putting the driveway on the other side of our house. Obviously so that he would still have use of the full existing driveway which sat two feet on our property. The look on Mike's face when he saw the surveyor draw a property line was absolutely priceless. The line left just barely enough room for a car to fit on his side and he couldn't widen his driveway because it ran right next to his house. So we used a chunk of our lawn on that side to install a nice wide driveway with riverstone gravel so that it would be obvious where our driveway ended and Mike's very narrow blacktop driveway began. Mike never spoke to us again. Edit to answer a few questions. 
Mike rented the house to a nice family with kids shortly after we put the driveway in. They bought the house from Mike last year and we get along great. I give them produce, milk and eggs whenever I have extras and her kids are very polite. Their driveway is still wide enough to drive through and they just park in the space at the back of the house so that's not a problem for them. Now I never understand these ones in nightmare neighbors or malicious compliance you know when you got a good thing with neighbors you've got some good neighbors next to you who are willing to work with you you know why do people go and ruin this i'd never understand the logic with some of these people but jeremy do says we have an old lady who lives next to us my brother and i bought our house together we always would snow blow her driveway help her with the chores i even went over and fixed her toilet her laptop etc my brother when blocked in our driveway would occasionally drive over our lawn then out her driveway which abuts our own backyard lawn. One day we received this rambling chicken scratch letter signed by her and two of her geriatric friends as witnesses to not use her property. That's fine, it's her right. Just hope your 80 year old witnesses are willing to come over and shovel your driveway because now I won't even piss on your house to put it out if it were on fire. And one more because I love a story within a story. And but it says online says, neighbors across the street from where I used to live had a shared driveway situation. The houses were very close together and the driveway was in between them and there was literally just enough room for a car to get in between the houses. The two houses shared this driveway with no problem for over 50 years. Then one day, one of the houses changes hands and those new people decide that it's their driveway. Many arguments later, one of them finally calls out a surveyor who declares that the property line is directly down the middle of the driveway. The people who have been living there for a long time try to work out a deal with the new people. For example, they could alternate weeks or months that each one got to use the driveway. New people refused then took it a step further and installed metal poles right down the middle of the driveway so that nobody could use it. This vindictive motherfucker not only screwed himself out of use of the driveway, but now nobody could use it. He had to park on the street and the three cars from the other house had to park in the street in an already tight area. So the whole neighborhood was affected by a selfish decision. And as they say, some people just want to see the world burn. But anyway, what's your thoughts on this one? Have you ever had a neighborly drive dispute before? Let me know in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. And our next story comes from Creepy Analyst. Bank won't let me withdraw all funds. Okay. English is my first language and I'm typing on a laptop, so I expect you to all judge this post harshly. (laughs) I moved from Pennsylvania to Michigan a few years ago and only go home once a year or so. A few years back, I transferred the vast majority of my bank account to Michigan, where they were giving me a hard time about closing the account and so I withdrew all funds except for $1.31. I haven't touched the account since that time, so two years later, I get a notice for inactivity, stating that I will be charged $5 if my account remains inactive for two years. I spoke with three different people on the phone, but they would not let me close out the account without incurring a fee. And since I'm never moving back to that town, I refuse to pay them or add any money to this account. QMC. So I have to interact with the account once every two years or else you pay $5. Fine. Give me one cent, please. (laughs) When I was there in person last month, I withdrew one penny from the account. So now it's good for another two years. The attendant definitely gave me a weird look, but at this rate, my account will remain open for the next 260 years. (laughs) And CS Pine Live says, we did something similar with a car loan. It wasn't supposed to have an early payoff fee, but they insisted it did and would cost $100 to pay it off early. Instead, we paid it down to $1. 
they kept sending monthly statements saying we are current and our next payment isn't due for 48 months or whenever. Finally, at the end of the year, they closed the loan out on their own without any fee. Red Ted Bed Lead says, then you turn around and deposit the money right back in. Doesn't it have a bill pay? Just pay yourself a penny every once in a while, but mail it so they have to pay the 50 cent stamp each time. Hoo-hoo! Now, a bit of a quick story there, but we're going to move on to the next one. And our next story is from Node of Ranvia. Refused database access and told to submit tickets. So I submit tickets. Okay, I've been meaning to type this up for a while. This happened at my last job back in 2018. To give some background, I was working as a data analyst at a company in the education tech sector. For one of my projects, I created a report that we could give to the sales team and they could then use when asking clients to renew their contract. Clients were typically school systems or individual schools. The report was all graphs, even adults like pretty pictures, and it showed the client's data on how teachers and students were using the product. Then our sales guy could show, hey, X percent of your students and teacher are using this X times a week, so you could sign a new contract with us. I developed this report for our biggest client and had the top people in sales put it in input when developing it. The big client renewed, which was great. They loved the report and wanted to use it for all renewals. And we had 5,000 plus clients. I had to automate the process and everything seemed peachy until I hit a problem. The data for the report was pulled from our database, MSSQL, if you are curious. Now, I was in the research department and I did not have access to the database. Instead, our IT team had access to the database. If I wanted data, I had to put it in a ticket, name all the data points I wanted, and I could only name one client per ticket. Also, IT did their work in sprints, which are basically two-week periods of work. The tickets were always added to the next sprint, so I ended up having to wait two to four weeks for data. This was fine for the big client report, but now I was running this report for all renewals. The ticket system was not going to work. Now, if you have worked with sales, you know they don't typically plan out two to four weeks ahead. At least they didn't at this company. I reached out to the IT and requested direct access to the database so I could stop putting in tickets and just pull, query the data myself. Well, that was immediately denied. All data requests will be filled by only IT. And as a research person, I needed to stay in my lane you might see where this is going. I wasn't happy and sales wasn't happy with the delay, but there was nothing anyone could do. So I reached out to one of the sales managers to discuss a solution. Since data was going to take two to four weeks to arrive, could he please send me everyone that has a renewal coming up in the next two to four weeks? With 5,000 plus customers, that averages around 100 renewals a week. He smiled and understood what was going on and happily sent me a list of 400-ish clients. Quick note, the IT team spends the day before a sprint planning the next sprint and all tickets submitted before the sprint had to be completed during the next sprint. The sprint planning time was always Friday afternoon because the least amount of tickets rolled in. During the planning session, they would plan all the work for the next two weeks for the next sprint. Any tickets that came in before 5pm Friday had to be finished over the next two weeks. Time for the malicious compliance. Armed with my list of 400 plus clients, I figured out that the next sprint started and cleared my schedule for the day before the new IT sprint started, aka their sprint planning Friday. At about one ticket per minute, it was going to take about six hours and 40 minutes to submit all the tickets, so that's what I spent my whole Friday doing. Let's not forget they had to get the data for all the tickets during the next sprint as long as I submitted them before 5pm on Friday. 
That meant that I had to take care of all 400 tickets in the next two weeks. Plus I submitted tickets throughout the sprint planning meeting so they couldn't even plan for it all. If you are not tech savvy, this might not make sense. But if you are, let me just add an extra twist to this. They used JIRA at the time and the entire IT team had the JIRA app on their laptops. Most of them had push notifications set up so they got pinged every time a ticket was submitted. I'd have paid good money to be a fly on the wall during that meeting, watching a new ticket pop up about every minute. Okay, tech aside done. I didn't hear a peep from them at all that Friday. To their credit, Monday I started getting data from my tickets. Now I automated the reporting process on my end, so each report only took me a few minutes to run. I was churning out reports as quickly as I received the data without an issue and sales was loving it. I saw tickets coming in from every member of the IT team and during the second week, many tickets came in after working hours, so obviously they were struggling to keep up. Again, I will give them full credit. They fulfilled every single ticket, but there was a lot of long days for them. Everyone was salary, so no overtime pay either. This is of course on top of all the other tickets they needed to complete, so it was a quite a stressful sprint. Undeterred, I met with a sales manager again right before the next sprint and asked for the next set of clients with renewals. Then the day before the next sprint, I began submitting tickets again. My workday started at 9am and by 10am, the head of IT runs over to me. He is bug-eyed and asked me how many tickets I was planning on submitting. I told him the same amount as last time. I only had 200 this time, but he didn't know that. And I'm pretty sure I saw him break on the inside. I did feel bad at this point, so I said, alternatively, you could just give me access to the database and I could query the data myself. I had the access before noon. <laughs> And that whole thing was just pretty amazing. I didn't understand some of the tech stuff, but I understand push notifications and all that kind of thing. I didn't understand the JIRA stuff. But like OP said, it's just one of, like a lot of malicious compliance. I'd love to be a fly on the wall and watch those notifications popping up every minute or so and just watching them go, oh shit, here we go. Here we go again, guys. <laughs> and a lot of comments on this one are just congratulating OP and saying that's absolutely awesome. But what are your thoughts on this story? Let me know in the comments below. Now, what are your thoughts on today's malicious compliance stories? We haven't covered this subreddit in a little while. I like to read it once in a while just to, you know, catch up and get involved and just see what people are up to, basically. <laughs> Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not hit that subscribe as well? A huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for being involved in the channel today. It means the absolute world. And I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.